Welcome to the Exit the Matrix podcast. My name is Amin Drew Law, a.k.a. Amin TMK, a.k.a. Amin Habibi, plus-size model, very troublesome. I am uh, alongside... Ain't uh, no fucking song for your shit? Ain't no song for you, huh? This about a bitch. I choose to use a different medium when I introduce myself instead of the medium of song. I just use words. Yo, it's Mo Man, the little motherfucking tanky that could. What's good? Do, do. And it's me, Kita. What up? What's cracking? What's cracking, everybody? You know, usually uh, when we do the show topics, I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? I'm not sure. You know, but this week I knew that I knew there was some shit I wanted to talk about. We had to jump into the heart of the city. So y'all ready to go into the heart of the city? Yes, absolutely. All right, let's do it. In the heart of the city. There ain't no love in the heart of town. So, uh, I don't drive. Neither of you drive. No, I mean, we have mm-hmm. licenses, but no, we borrow. I'm a driving-ass motherfucker, bro, but I mean, down south, you have to. On the East Coast, I love the fact that I never have to drive. Like, I- I'm back and forth all up and down the fucking coast on mass transit, bro. That shit is gorgeous. It, and same with the Midwest. Like, public transport was not reliable enough, so you gotta have a car. Well, I'm a Northeast hoe. <laughs> Never would have guessed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I wear it proudly, but uh, we, we always have public transportation here. But anyway, I did used to have a car back in my days when I was stunting in the uh, forest green Audi. Uh, you know, 3.0. Get this, motherfucker. Yes. Is we getting money from Audi? I don't think so. <laughs> Why the fuck they getting a free commercial? Fuck this shit, man. Hey, what you call it, man? Lincoln got Matthew McConaughey. You need a little swag daddy in there to do you right. Uh, in, in, <laughs> that, in, that, uh, in that order, you know, I mean, being a diminutive, stylish motherfucker, if, if the people from Mini Cooper are listening. Both of you are hoes. <laughs> I thought you was gonna shoot your shot. Of course not. No. Of course you gotta no. bring our ass. Fuck back all there. of that sponsorship bullshit. We uh, independent up in this bitch. <laughs> Pay us. Anyway, there's a street a street camera, the the speeding cameras on 295 in uh, Washington D.C. It's like on your way going towards Maryland, PG County, Southern Maryland. There is a speed camera there that has racked up a total of 26 million dollars. In two and a half years. The reason it's getting so much revenue is camera charges a premium penalty because there's a it's a work zone, quote unquote, but there is no evidence of work being done, raising serious questions about the district's motives. Uh, do you have any thoughts about speed cameras and like what should maybe be done with twenty-seven million dollars of revenue? Wow, twenty—that's a lot. Twenty-six, sorry, but, twenty-six. Uh, twenty-six million, but also that's because uh, you said two ninety-five, so that's the one that they lowered the speed limit of too, not just yeah, that I think they it's down to forty. Said it was a work zone. Okay, wow. Yeah, speed cameras are bullshit. I mean, I, I have I have complicated feelings about it. Right on the one hand, I detest the surveillance state—the fact that there's always a camera somewhere recording something. On the other other hand as a person as a black man that was in the south for so long i relish anything that keeps me from having to have direct input and contact with law enforcement because down south it'd be a fucking cop pulling your ass over and now you got to potentially wonder am i gonna get shot because i was doing six miles an hour over the speed limit there's nobody out here and i'm driving very safely but I'm driving at a rate of speed that the state has determined I shouldn't. And so, like, for me, a traffic camera is kind of cool because I feel like I'm going to contest that shit anyway. That wasn't me. I'm shaggy in this motherfucker. Do you feel like you would contest one of those tickets? You goddamn right. 
Okay, but you're then definitely the exception because most people don't have time to take time off of work, particularly the people who are going to get snagged with this. Go into court, which talk about cops being scary. Imagine having to go into court with people who are automatically going to assume you're a criminal. Would you need a lawyer? No, no, no. You wouldn't need a lawyer and you wouldn't be guaranteed a lawyer either. So you have to like figure out the legal system on top of taking time off of work to go dispute a speeding ticket. I mean, it depends on how much the ticket is, right? But this is one of those weird places where the law is actually really working for you because it's kind of like the house in this way. The burden of evidence falls on the state. Can't You can prove that this is a car that's registered to me. Can you prove that I was the one driving this fucking car? Do you have a photo of me driving this car at exactly this time? You know, and now this is where the metadata starts to get dangerous because when we're talking about the metadata being out there, they can start to create a digital record that's pretty compelling. Like, yeah, we got your GPS signature right here. Your cell phone was pinging on these fucking cell towers. We can verify with 96% fucking veracity this was your ass in the car. But mostly, I feel like it's a bad problem because what they should be doing is using this to clear up, uh, shoring up the, the programs that are failing. That $26 million dollars, if that shit was going to D.C. Uh, school district, I wouldn't have no problem at all with it. You know, or if it was going to reconstruction in the city, knocking out the potholes and shit, I wouldn't have no problem with it. Yeah, but I mean, like, this is definitely a malicious ass speed camera because... Like you said, they lowered it. They lowered it as in, in conjunction with putting the speed camera there. Right. And putting the speed camera there lowered the speed limit on highways, which are traditionally around the 50, 55 mile per hour range. It's clearly revenue generating because you said that they put up work like they call it a work. Yeah, a work zone. zone. A work zone. There's no work being done. Yeah, come on. Like, this is total bullshit. And that money's not going back into the district. We don't know where that money is going. We would have to look up the budgetary records for it. I have a question, though, because I think about this. 295, that's the highway that goes under, it ends at New York, right? Or, or. That's 395, you mean. Oh, okay, okay. Because they got yeah. mad fucking uh, cameras under that they one, too. They got another camera, too. Yeah, I thought that was the one you was talking about. So, because it's like you would think that the point would be to get motherfuckers out from under Congress as fast as possible. That whole tunnel is a weird fucking situation. Yeah, they've been working on that tunnel for like 10 years, man. But there is at least work. And that's why I thought I was like, it's a work zone too. But no, no, no. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm. Yeah, no, I just hate speed cameras because, yeah, it's for communities of color. Of course, we don't want to fucking deal with the cops. But at the same time, now the state. Where should the money go? That's the that, that's why if you're if you're kind of not saying you're for it but if you're for it as an alternative to real life human police officers pulling you over which means that there's several other horrible things that could happen other than a speeding ticket, where do you want that money to go? For me, definitely into education and the libraries. For me, I would think environmental impact because that's supposed to be the reason why we don't speed is to keep emissions ter- past a certain point. So that $26 million, I could put that into, you know, Anacostia River rehabilitation, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I would be cool for environmental impact. I would also be school, cool for the libraries. You already heard I, I was down for the school shit. Uh, those are the first places that kind of come to mind for me. And to clarify my point, not in the entire district. I'm talking about education and libraries specifically in Southeast. I don't give a shit about Northwest. They got their shit covered. They got all of that fucking money. Same thing with fucking Georgetown. It's good. 
Give that money to the rest of the fucking district. Uh, and one more place where I think logically you could make an argument for that kind of money going would be uh, health and human services because those would be the people impacted by like bad driving, people that are hitting accidents. Cities, every city needs to be throwing a little bit more into health and human services. Oh, you said health and human services, and I thought you were going to talk about like all of the homelessness and having improved shelter. Fuck it, just build them apartments for anybody who wants to move into a home and let like DC homeless population is also kind of out of control man i i dislike it i dislike the camera idea period just because i feel like you're taxing the poor to pay for things that the poor need and the 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 fact that like education and libraries and those things should already be funded by by the city man i i think we were we posted this on our instagram you know rich people really don't look at fines like fines they look at it like the price of doing business like they're speeding down and they get a $150 ticket. That's peanuts to them. They're not worried about that. But you know what I'm saying? Working class people get a $150 ticket. You know, that's a significant amount of money from them. And the fact that it's going to a library or a health service to me is not incredibly relevant, you know what I mean? Because it's coming out of the pockets of already the working class. Which brings me to our second point. Muriel Bowser, no Mambo Muriel, she uh, has announced that there is going to be 23 more police officers parking enforcement trying to clear up the bike lanes, the bike lanes here in Washington, D.C. Do you, Fine Humans, have any thoughts, ideas on uh, not only the fine system, but how you would improve the city's bike lanes and uh, public transportation? We we ride the the scooters sometimes, like cool millennials and Gen Xers, but uh, thoughts on um, on Muriel's decision and uh, sort of the state of of biking and and public transportation in Washington, D.C.? Look, like a fucking Starbucks, and I mean, even like art spaces have to contend with this, but if you put fucking bike lanes in a city, that's gentrification. What she's trying to appease is all the white people who are, it's now like really cool for them to ride their bikes in the district and go grocery shopping and all of that bullshit. And what they're penalizing is people who who live in the district who aren't just fucking tourists to the district to be transparent and fair i'm super radical in that i just don't believe in ticketing people for some of this bullshit and like especially if you're not going to have scaled restitution in which depending on your income this is the fine that you pay you know that's real first off i feel like bike lanes are a great thing you know i want to see them everywhere but i want to see them everywhere like not just in like the touristy parts of town if we're gonna say there's benefits to having a way to make bicycling a viable transportation medium i need to be able to have a bicycle lane that leads from fucking anacostia to congress yeah and this bike lane situation is hilarious because cities were literally built by car lobbies and it's like oh okay now you hate cars but the reason your cities aren't fucking pedestrian friendly is because you gave in to all of these lobbyists saying that Cities should be built around vehicles and they're trying to go on the reverse. And like actually they're increasing even by building these bike lanes. I think I read this one study where they were saying they were increasing the rate of um, pedestrian accidents because cities weren't built around, you know, the people who fucking live there. They were built around cars. You're so right. You're so right. I I fully, I totally agree. The Anacostia Community Museum sort of talks about the same, the same thing. The the fight for public transportation 
conversation even in the 70s in Washington, D.C. was surrounding like this idea that it's important for white people to come from Maryland and have space to drive their cars. They don't want to be in public transportation with people of color. That's why Georgetown doesn't have a metro station purposefully, intentionally, because they didn't want black people coming to that area. They didn't want it to be as accessible. And because they they were completely dominated by the car lobbies, you have a city that makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about what you're saying, bro. Like, I mean, the part of Northeast I live in, it takes me literally the same amount of time it takes me to go to Baltimore that it does to take me to go to motherfucking Georgetown. Like, that uh, sounds like a ridiculous statement, but it's true. Like, there's no easy... And if I was on a bike, bro, it, that'd be truly, truly... Uh, I can't even imagine. It's impossible. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, But I think that going back to Mayor Bowser, like, you know, I'm not a fan. Everything she does is so ceremonious. and It's gestural, the word. It's just a gesture, you know <laughs> no, what I'm facts. saying? It's Straight Yeah, facts. it's like, oh, uh, white people are complaining about cars getting into the bike lanes. Oh, we're going to hire some more police officers to, to find people. It's not a, hey, we need to make a wider scope of bike lanes in the city and road. It's just lip service you know what i'm saying that's that's what that's what she's about yeah that is what she's about and from what i've read on this too it's like now encouraging white people to report to report other people for oh my gosh the cops aren't here but i can report them and take their picture absolutely hate that level of surveillance in which the citizens are held hostage because they're like oh no my bike lanes are important and i'm like your bike lanes are not more important than other people's well-being okay now i just want to flip it again right because when we're talking about hiring right hiring jobs creating jobs that's the argument she's gonna make i'm creating jobs i'm law enforcement i'm so let's take let's take 26 cops let's look at it as the, the least expensive thing possible which is payroll let's average each of those cops getting fifty thousand dollars a year sounds about right maybe a little bit less maybe a little bit more but then think about like what it takes for the cop cars think about what it takes for the armor think about what it takes for the weapons the training the insurance all of that i'm not even gonna look at that i'm just gonna look at payroll that figure comes to $1,300,000 a year. Just 26 officers at $50,000 a year. Now, imagine if the city then took $1,300,000 every year and invested that into methods of transport. For example, bike shares, where the city, whoever it is, Capital Bike Share, Lyft, Uber Scooters, whatever, Put that much money in, and then anybody that's a citizen of D.C. can use these to the tune of the city subsidizing these services for $1.3 million a year. Now, you tell me what has better impact in creating a more unified, better, cohesive society. Yeah, facts, because I'm never going to agree with anything that that involves increasing law enforcement, because law enforcement historically has always been about protecting property rather than people. And so this is just another one of those things. It's they're protecting the bike lanes rather than D.C., which used to be primarily a community of color. All of the residents who've been here, who've like had to build who built this city and made it what it is and made it this attractive are going to get penalized. It just comes to like the idea of taxing the poor. You know, it's a small little inconvenience that we throw at you because we know that these fines of a couple hundred dollars really don't mean much 
to, you know, the people that are in that top 10%. But for most working class and poor people, $500 or $200 for a ticket, you know, that's a lot. It's crippling. And I think that's the whole aspect of what this city is is about, you know, taxing the poor so they can build more condos. We, we talked about uh, D.C. being the highest intensity of gentrification in the nation. We uh, I have a few podcasts ago. I tell time in podcasts. Yeah. But, I, but I just think that it's, you know what I mean? It, this is the this is the playbook. Yeah, no, it's a very small-minded because, again, the whole point is we're going to make more than that $1.3 million back in, in revenue off fines as opposed to seeing it as growth input because I think about the input that's going to happen towards the city as far as as far as tourism goes or as far as like increase of GDP based upon what's happening because now the lowest class of citizen have a way to move around in the city like they can't afford a car they might not even necessarily be able to afford a bus pass but now they can ride these bus these these bikes that are subsidized by the city and they can get to jobs you know they're raising the bus they're raising the bus fare if you don't, for, for yeah, if you don't have a smart trip, they're oh, raising. Just if you don't have a smart trip, yeah, yeah, but you know the people who don't have smart trips, the poorest people in the city who just you know got to scrounge up two dollars to get on a bus. You know they got to scrounge up some more. Yeah, that's so true. I was gonna say even like mostly the people who come out of jail too. I had that situation on the bus, and the bus driver was being a complete and utter asshole to this dude who's like, I just got out of jail. They told me this car would get me a free ride on the bus. And the bus driver was trying to kick him off, and I was like, fuck that. Here's $2. It's like nothing, dude. How like, many times why are does that you happen? being antagonistic? Almost all, all the time. I, almost every time I get on a bus and they trip out, well, on the X2, no one is tripping out when they get on for free. That is for show. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, in there's other some parts, buses people are like, chill. But there's some buses where it's like. In, it's got to be someone on the bus that's like, all right, I'm just going to give you $2. It's like, bro, this are you getting this $2? Is this how you make your money? No. You're getting commission off the bus? Stop it. <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. Like, why why are we living in a world where we can build all these condos and we can have so much luxurious city life, you know, this like urban metropolis. But it's like we can't have simple things. You know, we just can't have simple like amenities in a, in a city. It's just really frustrating. For sure. We keep giving all the money to the corporations instead of to the residents, the people who live here. Speaking, speaking of, you know, I feel like we all people always say this thing. I don't know if you guys feel this, too. It's like people who are like faux political faux uh smart and they were always like oh you know local politics are very important i vote in all the local elections that's that's my impression no applause nothing uh, no right. no that's true i definitely have heard <laughs> that where they're like yeah but your local politics can make so many big changes just want to let you know uh sorry to burst your bubble bro dude my bad <laughs> bro, you know our generic bro dude our white our generic says white bro dude exactly <laughs> i mean aren't Bro, dude, is the most generic motherfuckers that ever was. Oh, swagless ass mayo motherfuckers. So there is, um, you know, Muriel Bowser. She comes up again. I, 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 it's I don't know. Stay in the news. Who writes this stuff? I don't know. Who writes it? It's almost uh, like he got a crush, bro. You want to talk about it, bro? I absolutely do not have a crush. I on think Mario you do, Bowser. man. I would like you to know. crush her away ah, from being the mayor. We talking about that early, like oh, for sure, um, for sure. So, what you yeah, got? I mean, uh, she uh, violated. District law when she created a new office to manage the city's art collection, public art. And that is according 
to uh, D.C. Attorney's General's office. Yeah. Uh, last Monday, Deputy Attorney Brian Flowers issued uh, a memorandum stating that the office led by Bowser does not have the right to control the city's works of art and public art in D.C. Uh, D.C. law already grants the power of another city agency, the Commission of Arts and Humanities, which we are familiar with. Absolutely. Uh, Good people over there at the Commission for Arts and Humanities. Amen. Blessings to them. They're keeping us fettied up. Yes, that's very true. That's very true. This is just another aspect of how I think Maria Bowser, her whole idea of putting the the city's artists, really the lifeblood of why gentrification is so so big and why why white people want to move here is because this is where the artists stay. And she knows that if she can co-op those messages by making sure that only the artist she likes gets the grants or gets the platform or the opportunities. It made national news last year when she had the writer attached to the fucking grant that none of the artist or art generated could be political artists. Like, do you know who the fuck we are? Like, the artists in D.C. are, like, the most political in the fucking nation. I mean, but that goes back to kind of what I referenced before about how even artists have to be careful when they move into new cities because they're a sign of gentrification now with all these artist lofts. And, like, that's exactly what Bowser is doing, like Mo said. She's trying to absolutely control what the content is and what how DC gets represented and then what all of these fancy-ass murals we're now seeing all over really kind of that Union Market area, definitely H Street, mm-hmm. Noma, all of these places. And, of course, she can control that because I got to say the DC Commission on the Arts is absolutely – local arts commissions are dedicated to saying, hey, who lives here that we should be supporting – through grants and infrastructure and operational funds, whereas Bowser's clearly like, bitch, nah. She's trying to create very particular, artistic... A very curated... Yes, that yeah. and, and it goes back to, like, why the Democrats, of all the things they could go after Cheeto for, the easiest low-hanging his fruit is emoluments. Corruption. But Democrats never want to fuck with corruption because they want access to the shit, too. Yeah, they need the corruption. The same way he stacked his deck, she wants to stack her deck in the fucking arts field. Have all of these people be her people that fucking say her shit, that move her agenda, celebrate her friends in the arts, and she's the fucking Donna, all that shit. It ain't no fucking difference. Yeah, because I mean, to put some of this into perspective, what we're talking about, the cultural industries, particularly in D.C., is responsible for more than 150,000 jobs and 12.4 billion in wages. And if she controls that, imagine what she would do. Yeah. Oh, what a nugget. Yes. God dang. Well, speaking of corruption, uh, I'm not done. You think I'm done with Muriel Bowser? Oh, no. I think I'm done with the corruption of Washington, D.C., something that's been completely destroying this city since our. He got a girlfriend. No. no. She don't like no mambo sauce. That was fast. Okay, Muriel Bowser, written November 20th, 2018, at 9 54 p.m. on her Facebook. Is anyone else annoyed by mambo sauce? I wish people would stop suggesting that it's a quintessential, that it is quintessential D.C. I'm just saying, I was a full-grown woman before I heard of Mambo Sauce, so there it is. I've said it. Shut your neck ass up. See, that's why I can't stand what? her, man. Right, right. So that's 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 where you get shit like this. Because I'm not done. Yeah, I'm not that's done. Wild. We're not my done. Dude. What else you got? Uh, how about this? The Washington Post reported in April that hundreds of millions of dollars in federal contracts that were awarded to D.C.'s businesses that are enrolled in the historically unutilized business zones program. What what a way to say uh, the hood. Uh, yeah. Money for small businesses in the I hood. Because they're like, no, it's not the hood. It's the hub. The, the <laughs> underutilized <laughs> business zone, also known as the hood, also known as the south side and the northeast side. 70%. of that money 
went to businesses in mostly areas such as DuPont Circle, Navy Yard, and Capitol Hill. And this is just coming out. Yeah, and I saw that Georgetown got like a milli. They definitely got a milli. Does Georgetown need more? They literally created a bill that was supposed to serve the south side, the hood. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. The, the the real D.C., let's be honest. That money somehow found its way in Navy Yard and DuPont Circle. Yeah. I mean, from what I read, because they were using 1999 census track data, which we all know that because, like you said a couple podcasts ago, that... That's you how know, we tell time. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we tell time, <laughs> is that D.C. was is the fastest gentrifying neighborhood imaginable. And, I mean, things change in, like... T- Five years to use 1999 census track data, they were on some fuck shit. It's 20 years ago. This is what I'm saying. This stuff is all intentional. It's not Absolutely. Mario Bowser making mistakes. Oh, we 1999, she was probably in there saying, Hey, you know, or this is what happened. An advisor came to her and was like, Hey, if we use this data, we can funnel this money back into the Navy Yard and DuPont Circle, and you can grease up the hands of people that you're going to need for reelection. That's what I, she's on right now. This is oh, just me spitballing. Sure, for sure. And it's like, I, mean, I don't know. I read another article where it was like 52% of, of Washingtonians agree with her, you know what I'm saying, or, or, or want to vote for her again. And it's because that's what she's doing. Stop it. She's, Stop I it. Look, God. No, it was, no, I hear you. I want to smack the shit out of anybody whenever they talk to me about polls. Polling is the most dumb we woke shit him up. <laughs> ever, man. No, no, I'm saying. Like, I agree. Back. I agree. Polls still dialing niggas with landlines. Who the fuck got a landline? Like, people, a very subset, a very specific subset of people. They're non-scientific as fuck. They're not reaching out to across demographics. They're not. So when you say, like, 52% of poll, that shit literally means nothing to me. I wipe my ass with fucking poll numbers, bro. And speaking of those demographics, it's really funny because the, way, the census tract also took into account all of these students who are in Northwest who are in these expensive-ass colleges because the assumption is is that students have little to no income. But, like, let's face it, those fucking trust fund kids have income. Extreme poverty. Right. <laughs> Extreme <laughs> poverty. And what sucks is is the same thing is going to happen with opportunity zones, which is essentially what hub zones is. It's supposed to put economic opportunities, um, advanced businesses in these low income, low wealth areas. And we're just going to see this happen all over again, especially since the census tracts are essentially fucked. It's just all continuous redlining. Well, it's the thing that we've continued to see over and over again, you know. I had a guest that came to visit me this weekend, and they were talking about, uh, they were thinking about moving to Oregon, you know, and they have a mixed family, you know. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the place you want to be with a mixed family. And she's like, no, it's so progressive. I'm like, look at what the per capita for black people are. (laughs) And it was like less than like 12% (laughs) for the state of Oregon because it started off as a white utopia. But what's interesting is... Those are the only places in America that tend to have any type of real embrace of socialism, social programs where all of the populace is being taken care of. And as like people of color move into those areas, they start retracting all of those social benefits because that's what's happening overseas. Everybody's talking about Dutch and, and Sweden and all of these countries that primarily white but now that they're having to deal with the high immigration policy suddenly they're becoming like oh no why we people don't deserve a living wage or paternity leave or just a annual income for being a citizen they try to roll all of them back and so it's absolutely like a 
Mo said, only implemented because people want white utopias. White people want white utopias. Factual. I got more. I got more drama. Let's yeah, you want to hear some more drama? Absolutely. Uh, I want to just give a big shout out to our neighbors right up 95. Baltimore has its own very unique culture of governmental bullshit. The former mayor, Catherine Pugh. Pugh. Catherine Pugh. She is charged with wire fraud and tax evasion. She was running a sham business. She's accused of ripping off nonprofit organizations. Let me ask, is she the one that had the book and she made the city buy all of the copies of her book (laughs) to get her fucking numbers up and shit? Ding, ding, ding. You know what? The RNC just re-ran that same shit, though. When we talk about, like, it's not the same thing, Donald Trump... Junior just had all 100,000 books bought from the RNC, forced to do it to automatically get a kickback to Donald Trump Jr. and to get him on the fucking bestseller list. This is literally the same shit she just did, and she about to go to jail for the shit. So are you saying books are now the new laundromats? That's how you get your money clean? Yeah. I think that it's useful. I mean, I, I think, think you know that it's a laundromat of mad motherfuckers is buying your shit because <laughs> Americans don't fucking read. Yeah, I mean, the fuck do you mean this book sold 100,000 copies in two weeks? Well, I think this is what they used to do with the record labels, right? The record labels would buy 50,000 copies of your album just so it looked like everyone wanted it. Yeah, but niggas listen to music. Fucking. <laughs> I remember that shit with Master P and No Limit. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean he moved this many records in a week? But like, what? Once again, it's like how many times, and it just like seems to be the narrative now of all these politicians. It's like, well, they we found them on this you know corruption charge, and it's like, Probably has nothing to do with overseeing an incredibly corrupt police force or education system that's in shambles right now. None of those things are worth being kicked out of the office for mayor. But if a school buys a bunch of your children books, you gotta go. Yeah, folks is wildin' out here. You know, it's just funny to me because, like, like we were saying, uh, people talk about local politics as this completely different thing. It's it, There's cultural differences based on where you are. But at the end of the day, isn't it just the same bullshit? Yeah, because, I mean, it's just fraud and crime. Being a born politician now, being groomed for it I, on a smaller scale a lot of times. Like, that's still getting imp- – there's still prey to the same institutionalized systemic issues we have in the federal actual and factual that will bring me to another baltimore news story and we have brought this person up before have we not emoji the moment you talk about my booting mosby yeah swagged up to the max she's back at it again oh my god back at it in the kitchen whipping she she just basically came out and said that criminal justice system in black america is one of the biggest civil rights issues she says you have an over militarization of police departments all across the country uh the unjust application of laws against poor black and brown people you know this uh, this idea of being a second class citizen within your own city and to have that be come from the state's attorney. This is what I'm saying, though, and I'm going to let you go after this. Why do I have to have a Muriel Bowser? Why can't I have more politicians like this that are basically stating just very obvious facts? Thank you. Let's think about it like, you know, when we're in a litigious society, when the Constitution is saying you have the right to an attorney. What the fuck good does that do when the public defender has 10,000 cases and is essentially paid to lose to make the state's attorney 
attorney's wins look better. Imagine if the public defenders had the same access to resources or worse, it w- or better as you were, the, the stats were inverted. Like the public defense was given the lion's share of the resources and the, the state's attorney was given 30,000 cases to look through to figure out what to prosecute because oh, because then you know what would happen they would only focus on the cases that had to make the most money that that make the most sense then white collar criminals become the easy duck it's like okay we got this Enron shit we know that these guys have laundered 2.8 billion dollars we have all kinds of financial records this is an open and closed case we're going for restitution plus the vig you got to get back that 2.8 3 billion plus 10% plus make recompense to all of the people that were personally damaged. In this case then, now the state's attorney is able to do something that's good for the society and you're not just running up your numbers like, hey, we got these 15 little black kids who were smoking a little weed. We gonna charge them with distribution. We know we only caught them with one joint amongst the four of them. They were standing on the corner and they all had on these colors so there's probably in a gang so we could run, you threaten them with Rico, get them to cop to just charge in and we uh, we all win we're not gonna hit your little clients with rico but at the same time they're gonna they're gonna plead guilty to intent to distribute or you know we're gonna come at you what you want to do yeah and most what is it like 94 percent of all cases never see a jury you know they end up in a plea deal any old schmegular out there in the street can tell you how ridiculous the judicial system is remember how we talking about the impeachment and how it's like kind of a kangaroo court. <laughs> All this shit is a kangaroo court, actually. No, that's totally true. I, the criminal justice system, especially in the United States, was absolutely built to c- continue to incarcerate black people and communities of color. So, like, even as Asian communities, Indian communities, Latinx right now, indigenous, Native American, yeah, it's like... All of them were definitely held hostage by the criminal justice system in the United States. And it's about time that the whole country acknowledges that, just like the law enforcement police force. It was never built to protect communities. It was built to protect white property. Can we agree as a team more Marilyn Mosby's? Word. All the way, man. All the motherfucking way. She's just, she's everything that I want to see. Again, She's who Kamala has branded herself to be, but she's really that person. Facts. Ayanna Presley has proposed legislation to decriminalize sex work, which I am dumb happy about. One, it needs to happen. And, And what's interesting to me is that this is even a Democrat point of view, because this should make perfect sense for Republicans, first off, who are all, all big, huge purveyors of the sex trade. We know this for a fact. But then also, if your argument is for free market capitalism, the oldest commodity in humanity is God and sex. So, like, if a woman, if a person, if a human wants to sell their sexual access, I don't understand how there is even a market argument against it so long as this is consent-based transactions and taxable. But Ayanna is pushing forward, and it makes me happy because, like, it's been local homies has been working with her directly on that. Preston Mitchell, who is a bomb-ass fucking uh, activist in the D.C. area, teaches law at Georgetown, has done a lot of work with her directly as far as this goes and it's an incredibly radical position that nobody's taking yet i mean ayana to me continues to impress everybody's talking about aoc and even ilhan omar but ayana is coming up man yeah and I, mo said nobody else has really backed it even warren and sanders were finally this summer saying 
yeah, it should be considered. We should run a, a survey. We should run a test. What is it? What is the thing poll. that they always do? Poll. No, no, they don't call it a poll. It's a, uh, we should have a study to, uh, focus group. A focus group, yeah. yeah. To determine the viability. Just put freedom in it. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> economic gonna, reform. You throw a buzzword in there to work. Well, I think what this goes down to, especially, you know, when you talk about marginalizing communities, you know, what Ayana's doing, another Habibdi, you know, this is also has to be talked about when it comes to, like, trans rights, you know, and LGBTQ. There, There is you know so much uh you know sec- people who are kind of forced into that sex work because of you know oppressive ideologies on gender anytime you use the word decriminalize i'm i'm for that in general in general i just i'm against people being locked up you know the trans communities and the sex work community in general we, we need to be protecting human beings yeah absolutely and recognizing that it is work that you know some people choose it some people are forced into it but regardless they are owed the same protections statuses and rights that any other employee would have and by like really kind of not acknowledging it as work as a source of employment then it doesn't have any of the protections that people keep saying they want like with uh what was it called fosta and sasta if i mean if your argument is people shouldn't be able to sell their body okay if that's your position then say goodbye to professional sports say goodbye to the coal trade because all of those people are selling their body. Are you telling me Jorge fucking Masvidal is not selling his body when he pays to allow somebody to, when he's being paid to allow somebody to punch him in the face as hard as they can with the intent to knock him the fuck out? When a coal miner goes in there and they know they're taking $20 an hour to get black lung and fucking die? Like, all of these people are selling their bodies. So it seems to me the only real problem is you feel like you have a problem with people having sexual autonomy and the ability to make commerce off sexuality. Once again, why do I have to have Mario Bowser exist in a world where where my mayor is saying a generic neoliberal who, by the way, we didn't talk about, basically went out of her way to praise Michael Bloomberg. You know, I, not to keep bringing it back on, oh, not Mambo Mario, but, like, why would you even put your... your you see how sauced up this motherfucker is, man? Jeff Bezos. You she see how sauced up it is? No, because, you know what I'm saying? Like, this Tell is, it like it is. I, I mean. I, you know, I do care about this city. It's almost you know like we want him to... What? You want to talk to him? I want you to talk to him. I am talking to them right now. That's what I'm trying to tell you. She's doo-doo brown. I can't stand her. <laughs> Facts. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, yeah. Local politics and um, be up on that. Maria Bowser got to go. And uh, any any more thoughts before we move on to talk to him? <laughs> no. No, you got this. I don't did. let don't let Mo make you feel bad about talking shit about Muriel Bowser. You know, I just think the city deserves better. Exactly. Roman man boss is something you gotta deal with. So all of that collaborated, fabricated, it ain't gonna equal up to this real shit. So we were talking, was it last podcast we were talking about Instagram links, or was that two podcasts ago? Do you remember? Does anyone know? I know. We Does tell I, time badly I in know. podcasts. Time is a human construct. Is anybody the way we out there? Right. Pink Floyd swag. Um, it was either a last podcast or two podcasts ago. I know time is a human construct and I tell time via podcast. I've been doing some researching at the old Instagram because I, I'd like to know about the algorithms. I feel like this is all we hear now. The algorithm. To think about what an algorithm is, I I think is, is pretty... um. It's really intimidating, right? To think of like what algorithms look like as a non-mathy person. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate that shit. It's all higher mathematics, man. I, you know, it's not better for me. people. Yeah, <laughs> they, the, better all people of know. Pretend this is common knowledge amongst Instagram users. I did not know about it until recently. 
but because the algorithm probably has something in there that's like, if these social issues are brought up, please, you know, don't put them at the top of the list. I learned about shadow banning. Have y'all heard the term shadow banning? Yes. I have not. I don't know things. Oh, no. Grandpa hey, Jones over okay, there Jennifer. has not. <laughs> Let us tell you what this is. But uh, shadow banning the evil eye, as he puts it on me. The, the shadow banning is essentially like um, when you are, for whatever reason, from whatever arbitrary reason that Instagram decides, your content can be hidden. Basically for no reason. And we know that YouTube demonetizes videos for certain types of videos. Based uh, on the algorithm. Yeah, the, the algorithm. Just where, where are you with it? Where is the state of social media here and the shadow banning and the demonetization? Like, So, I mean, the shadow bans falls in line with Instagram taking away or considering taking away likes. I mean, they can roll it back whenever they want, right? And shadow banning is the same thing where, except that people don't know that it's happening. So your content is hidden and all you really kind of see is you don't have any as much likes or as much comments. And so, you know, people are trying to be like, this is insidious. It's you're stopping my freedom of speech. And that's... <laughs> It's like, um, okay. And of course, from a corporate perspective, Instagram's going to say they only do this if somebody's violating their terms of service. But at the end of the day, Instagram is a fucking private company, so they're going to do whatever the fuck they want. And if you're making more money than they think you deserve, of course they're going to shadow ban your shit, ho. They want you to buy their ads so that you'll boost it. Like, that's the thing about Facebook for the longest time where... They made all of these changes pretending they were doing it for the users, but the fact was they want you to buy ads. I was watching a YouTube video before I came, and they were talking about the monetization of of music and uh, just how nowadays if you have a poppin'-ass playlist on Spotify or uh, you know whatever music streaming service you may use, you know people just straight up will pay you to get on their playlist. You know what I mean? It's like the payola for the radio, something else. Is and everything... It, and it moved to Spotify. Yeah, it's in a wow. Spotify now. Is everything pay to play at this point when it comes to like being a user, uh, being a content creator or an artist? Is it all just pay to play at this well, point? Well, it's like pay to play, but only from the perspective that all of these social media platforms want to make money off of you, but they don't want you to make money off of them. And I think these are the reasons, right, why everything goes back to things like reparations. Because in a capitalist framework, you only say sorry with income. By not having the income equality that America promises, you have certain demographics that can never build or buy a big enough platform to be able to get messages out there. If it's pay to play, the person with the money has the biggest fucking stage. Who has the biggest fucking stage? Who has the, who has the most money? So – Overall, that's always going to be very far right, extremely conservative people because they have the money. So they control the platform. They control what will be prioritized. And by de facto, by not funding the, the people with alternative messages, they deplatform others. And that's the real insidious part of pay to play, in my opinion. That brings me to just like ridiculous red tape the federal trade commission won a lawsuit against youtube basically stating that because technically a person under the age of 18 cannot consent to their metadata being used yeah which is true i mean none of us consented but especially not anyone under 18 yeah it's some technicality but basically uh because of that they are using that to demonetize videos 
that young people watch, that kids watch, people under the age of 18. And, you know, there's a separate YouTube kids platform. A lot of these uh, technically for kids videos, you know, YouTubers are video game YouTubers or, you know, there's such a vague aspect of what it could be. And I just thought to myself, what a ridiculous lawsuit to say that just because you're over the age of 18, we're allowed to have your metadata. But under 18, that's going a bit too far. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, it's ridiculous because, of course, they're also the ones who were like, net neutrality shouldn't be a thing. And now they're like, oh, look, we're doing stuff for kids because nobody's ever going to argue about kids. But the fact is, is yes, absolutely. Children should not. Yeah. Think of their children. But also... I do not consent to you mining all of my data. I believe privacy is a human right. Let's get on it. But the fact is, is that they've been bought out by all of these things. And I mean, it's so funny that we're we're now full circle because I'm like, God, doesn't anybody remember when YouTube did not have any ads at all ever? And now we're just like... I remember those days. Right? <laughs> and now we're in an age where we're like, demonetization, isn't that so sad? No, what's sad is that Google, YouTube put fucking ads on their platform to begin with at all. <laughs> Can we move on to a game? Can yeah. we move on to a game, an over-under game? Yo, I love games, bro. I run the game. <sighs> do you? I <laughs> do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm chairman that road with this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stay woke. Speaking of demonetization and the fuck shit done by social media, we I just have a question. I, I, I use Apple Podcasts. I use Apple products, fortunately or unfortunately. What do you got to say? Ew. <laughs> Says, you know what? Look, you use Apple. I use Google products. It's my We're both ver- in the same Look, shit pile. It's my style of Matrix. You may like the Google style. <laughs> but also, I would say the autocomplete, where you're typing something in and you're like, oh, that's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, they're going to they gonna monetize that shit next. Exactly. We so, realize your ass to misspell seven words. That's going to be $7. Yeah. I, they already have. Uh, duh, people download keyboards <laughs> that are mining the way you type and what you type about. Da-da. They know exactly The more you know, rainbow. Dystopian world. I, I, I love the, your voices. So both of y'all, what, what a bunch of little cutie patooties with your ditties. I was typing our, our podcast name into the Apple podcast search bar like a good obsessive Leo would. And I realized in the beginning, our, it, we would come up pretty quickly on the autocorrect. And now, wouldn't you say that the podcast is buzzing a bit more? We are on all habitable continents all over the United States. But for some reason, it doesn't come up on the autocorrect anymore. So my question to you, as we play this wonderful game of over-under, over-under, what's the percentage that we were taking off the autocorrect because we too woke on these hoes? Oh, no, it goes back to when we were talking about having those whole, uh, what's the word, the big math word, auto, algorithm, there we are, <laughs> right? Talking about geopogs, I'm like, oh, I got this shit. You throw one math term out there, I'm like, the thing with the pluses and the minuses, you know the thing, right? Yeah, no, I'm sure because we're a leftist platform. Leftist platforms are de-platformed. You know what I'm saying? So they make it harder. What's your percentage? Oh, it's the uh, shadow banning. Shadow banning. What's the percentage that uh, that's the reason and it's not well, just For sure, they're going to say it's because it's explicit content. 
content. I know I cuss a lot, uh, but I would say 80-20. 80-20. Yeah, what do you uh, put it 70-30. What do you think? Uh, hit us up on ExitTheMatrixPodcast at gmail.com. My next over-under question, this is all going to be just random stuff that we all decided that needed to get addressed, but because we're not really ready to dive into this bullshit, we thought we would do an over-under. So, over under, we all know there's an impeachment trial going on. I don't think you could possibly not know that unless you're living under a rock, which is a terrible situation. You have been hearing about this impeachment. We did this a couple podcasts ago. Podcast is how I tell time. What is the over under that Donnie J will be impeached? Bum, bum, bum. What say you people? Well, he's already being impeached. If you, you mean, know what I mean, he be <laughs> removed. So one hundred percent for that. But. Yeah. Will he be removed from office by impeachment? Zero percent. And that's because, again, if they really wanted to do it, they wouldn't just go for this obscure ass shit with Ukraine. They would go for the fact that he's putting kids in fucking cages, that those kids are being sexually assaulted in these cages, that he has emoluments clauses that he's been violating from fucking day one. If they really wanted to get him, it'd be easy to get 20 plus rape allegations. Any of these things would be more than enough. And you would, like, what do we know as a, as a little poor black kid? When you go into court, they're going to hit you with everything and make you plead down. They're giving him one very specific thing that he did wrong, and they're like, fight. Yeah, I'm with Mo on this. He absolutely controls the way this whole conversation's been framed. And he's violated so many laws, committed absolute treason, 100%. He's not going to get removed. Oh, two goose eggs. To me, the whole point of this shit is the Democrats are playing slow ball. Once again, they want to muddy him up while he is running for president when the real shit is they should just try to get him gone because Pence is so unelectable. Any Democrat can beat Pence, but no Democrat will beat Trump. And that's the terrible fucking thing. So you got to get them off the floor and get them off the floor early. Yeah, get them off the floor because now we're facing, like, what, these continuing resolutions again? I, I'm not even sure he signed the latest one that passed the House and Senate. But, I mean, the fear is he's going to hold the government hostage until they make this go away. And right now he has a fucking power to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, BB, y'all. What do you, I'm going to give you mine on BB. I'm going to say 60% chance he does not spend more than half a year in jail. 60% chance or better, he does not. I make it higher. <laughs> He's going to hang this all up in legal proceedings. 80% not gonna. Benjamin, that dude, he's just so shrewd. I don't see him going to jail. I just don't see it happening. I, I think what'll happen is he might get, like you said, he might he might get, what you call it, he might get convicted, but I don't think he serves any jail time. I would say that there's an 80% chance that he'll be convicted and a 20% chance that he does any jail time. That's my over-under for Benjamin Netanyahu. Who we got next? And what's next on over-under? So up next on over-under, uh, how we feel about Jared Leto with Officially, unofficially being released from his DC contract. I think this is higher than 50%. I think this is... There seems to be a lot of writing on the wall. His shit is awkward, dog. Yeah. yeah. I, I, hey, what are you thinking about? We make a Joker movie with just me. Oh, you know, we don't yeah, know no, if there's no, really a market for that. There's you know, other aspects that we're... Like, next down. 
Joker. Hey, hey, it's no big deal. We yeah, just gonna no, do a little one off. You know, it's not even really in the canon. You know, it's just this one time. Joker too. What's your percentage that Jared Leto is never going to reprise the role of Joker? I think if anything, he's gonna appear in his Birds of Prey, and that's it. You'll never see this guy again. I think they're trying to ride his ass off into the fucking sunset, yo. I got 80%. 80% that Jared Leto's weird, pedophilic, inappropriate ass is going to never play Joker again. I'm at 80%. Kita? Yeah, 90%. Like, yeah. So it'll be fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. We might see him for five minutes. But I, I also think that he's the one who's going to bounce. He's going to be like... You guys don't appreciate my artistic talent, and then he's gonna leave, and he's the and DC's gonna spend it like it was mutually agreed upon, and he's gonna bitch on Twitter. Didn't he throw a hissy fit already? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he saying. was already hissy. doing it. They have gaslit the shit out of him, and I find that being the universe being, <laughs> bitch, it's your turn. It's Perfectly your turn. Balanced like everything should be. Facts, and like this is where capitalism really hurts you, right? Because it's like. At this point, they get to do the right thing simply because it's profitable. It's like the other guy's an earner, bruh. Nobody's going to fucking come to see you in a movie, bruh. So along those same lines, then, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Over under on whether it'll be good. What you got, boys? 25% chance. One in four percent chance that this offering from DC will be worth a fuck. What are we describing as good? Good. I mean, good, but like, how about enjoyable? enjoyable. Will you be entertained? By I it? think there's a fifty percent chance that it will be enjoyable, but I'm I'm with Mo Man. I think it's a twenty five percent chance of being good. Okay, fuck y'all both. Eighty percent chance. I'm gonna love the fuck out of this. <laughs> That's it not makes the me mad because I want to see Margot Robbie win, bro. I really do. I know. Keena, I don't like when you think emotionally. That's an emotional <laughs> oh decision. Gosh, is it? It is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of watch media with my emotions, not my eyeballs. Yeah, no, not me. I watch pure logical. What's happening? <laughs> what's the what's the character motivation what's here? What's the algorithm? All right, now y'all remember, y'all remember, right? The shit that made Blockbuster die was they stopped being viable, they stopped being efficient, they stopped being the easiest way to get what you want. And then came a company called Netflix. And now everybody's doing what Netflix does. Let's count them out. We have uh, Apple. Apple yeah. TV. That's what you started with. Are we going alphabetical? Uh, uh, Amazon. Amazon. That's not alphabetical. We already fucked this up. <laughs> yeah, that's nah, all good. Uh, CB, Fuck the King's speech. CBS Access, Disney okay. Plus, Hulu. Wow. There's another one and I'm totally forgetting. Media. I mean, in a way, you can look at YouTube now. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, YouTube they have a premium counts. subscription as well. I think it's too many people in the pool and somebody going to have to get the fuck out. Apple and Amazon are sort of in the same boat. It's like, we know, maybe less so Amazon, but we know we're not on the level. HBO, I think we HBO. miss HBO. Yeah. They're not on the level of HBO programming, and they're not on the level, of course, of what Disney can do. And Hulu has a lot of good shows on there as well. But... I don't think Apple or Amazon can really fail unless they choose to step away. I think that that's how much money those corporations have. Yeah, absolutely. Because even, God, HBO is pretty much partnered with Amazon. They essentially have money to lose. They're going to stay alive. HBO is going to stay alive. So what's the over-under to you guys on Netflix's viability over the next five years? I give it, at this point, even money, bro. I think they've lost so much market share 
they could become the next fucking blockbuster. I think in the next five years, it could go either way. So I don't think it's about market share. I think at this rate now, all of these streaming services are costing more than cable TV. And so people are just going to go back to fucking pirating. So yeah, 30% that it's not going to do well anymore just because people are going to be fuck this shit, I can get it free. You know when you have like a, you know, a small business and they make, you know, they make the best food and they have the best ingredients and wow, it's really delicious. And then a kava moves in next door. Oh. And you're like, oh, wow, this, I could go have this, you know, good local food over here and spend $13.58. Or I can go to this kava and eat this mediocre junk for $7.20. I think that's what's going to end up happening with Netflix. Because isn't Disney, don't, don't they own a share of Hulu? Isn't that a part of their um, they umbrella own, or whatever? I, yeah, they own Hulu. Let's just be yeah. upfront so, about So this. at some point, you're going to say that those places, they're going to mesh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, and, and you're already looking at the Disney streaming service at like seven dollars right do you disney, know how much- it, disney is to hulu as at&t is to t-mobile like they act like it's a different fucking but it's thing same. but they, it's wholly owned so if i look at if i look at amazon and i look at apple i look i'm, I'm looking at organizations that might go we could undercut the market because look at look at disney seven dollars for that library that's absurd and you know how much netflix is it's like 18 bucks right now that I pay monthly for Netflix. Yeah, but that's what a lot of these startup businesses did. Even Lyft and Uber and Amazon especially did it for the publishing industry where they undercut the market. They sold it at a loss for themselves until they could monopolize the market and then boost all of those prices. Right. And that's what the, all these games are being played. So I want to say, even though I love Netflix, I think I will say there's an 80% chance in the next five years that you will hear talk of Netflix being bought out by one of those larger corporations. Absolutely, because it still has the best interface. Like, it understands how people want to watch things online. I'm with you on this one. Yeah, but innovation doesn't matter anymore. Monopolies everywhere. Here's the game plan. And, and... you know, this this government is is all about that. Anyway. That concludes our that over concludes, under. That concludes the game. I just want to say one more time as we leave, Murray Bowser ain't the one. She <laughs> ain't the one. Say it. Say that. Speak the truth. You know, it's no, it's time. It's start it's time that we hold our local political leaders, our our local I just representatives. Know where on a doll. I want to pull out the doll and ask her. <laughs> I know. Where did the mambo sauce hurt you? Where did the mambo sauce hurt you? Show me on the fucking doll she's clearly she clearly is traumatized in some way where she feels like it's necessary for her to completely gentrify an entire city and i just think with all these other incredible leaders that we have out here pushing the envelopes and being you know more um you you know more outspoken when it comes to left progressive ideas we can do better than muriel bowser that's that's my final that's my final speech thank you i mean a pleasure joining you guys again this week yeah, back by popular man. Yeah, I want to go get some mambo sauce right now, bro. Yeah. All right, we on our way. We're on our way. We're going to get some food. So uh, we wish you all the best. I'm sure the outro music is playing by now. Uh, stay up, and um, we'll be back. Gang, gang. gang. Hey, baby.